Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. My name is Nathan and once again with my co-host Glenn. G'day Glenn. Nathan, how's it going? Good, thank you. So uh, today is an um, exciting episode for us. We have a, a guest coming along. We always like having a guest along. So I'll do a quick introduction and then we'll hand over to our guest. So today we have Pierce Hanlon, who is a, a colleague of ours at Heelson Private Wealth. He's a private client advisor. Uh, Heal some private wealth. Um, and the reason we wanted to get Pierce on the podcast is um, obviously to hear a bit about him and, and his journey, but also um, specifically to talk a little bit about um, uh, a podcast channel. Uh, sorry, I'll start that again. A, um, a YouTube channel that Pierce has recently created. And, and Pierce has been putting out quite a bit of uh, content on um, personal finance type matters. So I'm pretty keen to kind of hear a bit more about that so firstly uh welcome Piers. thanks nathan thanks glenn thanks for having me and um yeah look we'll throw to you maybe give us a bit of a, a bit of a background on yourself perhaps and and um and the the and the youtube channel which is called Simplif- simplifying finance also keen to hear uh, a little bit more about that yeah definitely so i guess uh, I, i've been with you since now for about four and a half years and I guess, you know, finding my way to financial advice was a bit easier for me than maybe some other people. So uh, my father is a financial advisor himself, and that gave me a bit of a, you know, an overview of what financial advice actually entails from a much younger age. Uh, but truthfully, when I was sort of coming through the schooling system uh, and even at university, uh, really financial advice courses and, and pathways were almost non-existent uh, when I was doing my degree at Deakin. I could only choose financial planning as a major if I first chose accounting as my main major. So it was, uh, yeah, a bit sort of few and far between as to how to get here. But because I had some exposure earlier on, I knew that it was something that I wanted to you know, really investigate. And after studying financial advice and seeing what kind of impact you can make on people's lives, it was definitely the direction that I wanted to head in. So I guess when I was you know, doing my studies, I was also working uh, in a, I guess, heavily commission-run industry in insurance. And after a while, I realized that I really didn't like that at all. Uh, there was a huge conflict there when commission drives everything. Uh, you know, you, you basically encourage at all costs to make the sale and, you know, put the person last, which really didn't sit well with me at all. And I guess as a result, as that, you know, uh, I guess principle kept shining through more and more, uh, I started to perform worse and worse because I, I was purely putting the client first. So when I finished up my studies and wanted to start looking around at financial advice careers, uh, I landed upon Hewison's and, and a couple of others, mainly because they were fully independent. So I knew that commission had to be completely stripped out of the equation because that's how you can provide the best unbiased advice. So I guess that's how I found my way to financial advice and, and through Hewison's and uh, you know, going through the, the associate channels and whatnot, you know, we did a lot of mentoring and a lot of, you know, further study as well. And it's really what brought me to decide to start creating my own content. Uh, you know, as, as I got more experience and, you know, found my way through it all, there is just a huge disparity between financial literacy and what, what I think people deserve to know and the, the basic skill set that I think every single person should have from a financial literacy point of view. Uh, so few people have it. And I think that, you know, when, when you can uh, get a better understanding of how your own finances work, uh, you know, even, you know, basic investing concepts, 
it's incredibly empowering and it's liberating to know that you can, I guess, you know, do your own financial health checks. You don't need to go see someone in a suit to, to do the, the basic bits and pieces. So I guess that's what really started the channel. Yeah, and I suppose, Pierce, that, that was probably one of the motivations as Nathan and I have spoken about with this podcast was that we, as a business, I suppose, we're very passionate not only about looking after our clients, but also, you know, really improving the financial literacy of, of everybody because the more literacy you have, the better financial decisions that you make. So I suppose that was a motivation behind setting up this podcast and obviously you setting up this, this YouTube channel to really get some really basic good content for people to, to learn a lot more about finances. Where do you think the biggest gaps are in financial literacy? Yeah, good question. I think oh, it's a hard one because I think the biggest gaps lie in uh, you know, self-review. So understanding how people can be budgeting better. So, I mean, you know, there, there's this concept of budgeting being this thing where you just got to sit down, you know, figure out how to use Excel and, and run a spreadsheet basically, which, you know, 95% of people that'll put them to sleep. That's, you know, that, that's a, a basic way to think about it, but there's so many different ways to budget and, and I guess set goals and, and figure out where you're headed. So, I mean, for example, I, I'm a spreadsheet person. I love spreadsheets because they make sense to me. I know a lot of people aren't and my wife isn't. If I tried to get my wife to sit down and do a spreadsheet, she wouldn't be overly help, like happy with me or anything like that. So you can, I guess, change the way you think about budgeting and goal setting to basically say, well, instead of trying to restrict myself by saying stop spending money here and, and start doing this, you can actually just set up some other goals. So you know, if one of your goals is to you know, buy a new car, you can put away the money required for that car and then say, all right, well, I'll spend the rest of it. So you, you, know, you can change the way you think about these things uh, and that'll just help everybody with doing their own sort of self-health check and, and figuring out what their budget looks like. So, so with the, um, the content, Pierce, obviously uh, you've got uh, a number of videos in, in your channel, your YouTube channel. Um, ha- what's, the, what's the kind of strategy around that? Are you trying to, um, you know, on what platforms are you putting it out there? Are you trying to do something every week? Um, are you trying to cover a broad range of topics? Just maybe talk us through the, 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 the mindset there. Yeah, definitely. So simplifying finance is on, well, it started on LinkedIn. Uh, I was, I was purely starting there and then I decided to create the simplifying finance YouTube channel and Instagram page. Uh, Look, the the main strategy behind it is little sound bites. I've always wanted them to be just a few minutes long. I don't want them to be these long drawn out videos because I guess just a bit of background, the, you know, the YouTube world now is getting longer and longer videos because that's how people get paid. So you know, I wanted to avoid that whole scenario by just making very short two to three minute videos. Uh, and, and they're really targeting a huge range of content. So it can be uh, as simple as things like goal setting or budgeting. Uh, they're, they're quite, you know, sort of basic concepts I want everybody to know. Uh, and then we even get into things like market sentiment and, you know, what drives growth markets like, you know, shares and property. So, yeah, I'm trying to cover not just basic concepts, but also some basic investing concepts as well so that people can just expand their knowledge in that area. We've um, obviously covered off on it just, just recently about, um, you know, the, the lack of financial literacy, even in education and, and, and so forth. Um, but I suppose a lot of the, the bad decisions that people make are as a result of not having an understanding of really simple things, isn't it? Like whether it's taking out too much debt or not having a budget. Um, so I, I know that you've released a few videos just on those simple things around budgeting. And, and as you were saying, some people 
might run a complex spreadsheet. Other people might have a piece of paper, whatever it may be. Um, but it doesn't have to be this daunting thing, does it? I mean, I think a lot of people, when they think about budgets, they think, oh, no, I'm going to have to restrict. It's all about just restricting spending on things that I love doing. Um, but that's probably not the way to go about it, is it? Like, what, what's your view on that? Like, how, how do you think people can budget easily? Yeah, good question, Glenn. Um, and you're absolutely right. It really doesn't need to be this daunting thing or this thing that's you know framed as being a restriction on your life or anything. It's purely information, like budgeting, money, all of it. It's all just tools, right? And we can use those tools to make our lives better. So I guess when if, if you really hate the idea of going through the numbers of it, one really easy way to, to run a budget and you, you do need to do it over a year because there are random sort of lumpy expenses throughout the year, like car registration and whatnot. But what a really good way to do it is basically simplify all of your accounts and everything. So basically, all of your employment income or, or any inflow of money all comes into the same bank account. And at the same time, all of your expenses come out of that exact same account as well. So that way, you can basically just draw a line each month, have a look at how much came in, how much came out by really just going, you know, what was your starting figure if it was $1,000 that was in your bank account at the start of the month? And at the end, there's $2,000. Well, then you've saved 1000 and you can you can start to work backwards from there. So you can keep it really simple. But Glenn, I think, yeah, what, what you mentioned before is important where if you walk into the exercise thinking that this is purely about attaining knowledge about myself and the way that I'm spending or the way that my family is spending, then it, you, you, know, you approach it completely differently. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great piece of advice is that to view it as information so you can see, as you said, it's an understanding of how much you're spending because then you can compare it with how much you're earning and see if there's a there's a gap there as opposed mm -hmm. to just trying to restrict everything that you're doing. You're not getting much enjoyment out of it. So yeah, I think you're definitely right that the information can be really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And then I guess it, from that point of view, oh, sorry, Nathan. Yeah, I was going to oh, say yeah, uh, from that point of sure. view as well, uh, you know, when, when you're starting out with this sort of thing, I mean, there's always these, uh, feel good ways to get what you want straight away through use of things like credit cards and afterpay, all those sorts of things. But, you know, when you're first trying to budget, it's best just to steer clear of those things. I mean, I like the idea of, you know, don't spend money that you haven't made yet. You know, there's, there's obvious things like, you know, buying a house, you're not going to save up, you know, a million dollars to buy a house. But uh, I, I really believe that you shouldn't spend money that you haven't made as well, because that can just get you into a trap where you're always just chasing your payments and, you know, you never feel like you're in the clear at all. Um, uh, Pierce, you mentioned earlier the, the videos that put out a bit of a, I think you said soundbite, um, you know, a minute or two, just introducing some of these concepts. What, what advice would you offer to somebody? Let's say they, they watch, you know, they watch your video, they get that introduction to whatever the topic is and they want a bit more. Like, would you offer any advice as to how people might, might do that? Yeah. Oh, good question. I mean, well, there's always the obvious one of, you know, always being a reach out to, to myself. Uh, I'm more than happy to sort of, you know, expand on any of these topics, but I like to find people that I guess inspire me or the, or their messaging is really strong and, and to follow them. So, I mean, all over the internet now there, there's professionals um, and, and even people that aren't professionals, even people that have just got a good grasp on financial concepts that you can follow. Um, there's a lot on Instagram, but I mean, for example, if you, you know, if you get that sort of thirst for that knowledge and you want to know more and maybe some more intricate information, uh, you know, for example, one of my favorite uh, people to, to read about and follow is Ray Dalio, who is an economist for one of the largest head funds, head funds in the world. Uh, and I think that his content is great because it's all about principles and what you stand for. So 
yeah, they, I, I would recommend, yeah, the, the reading of it, you know, the books like The Barefoot Investor are really popular for starting out with these sorts of basic financial concepts. So there is a lot of reading that you can do out there as well. Mm. And well, you actually, you did a video, Pierce, uh, I see on uh, who should see an advisor. So who should see a financial advisor? Mm. So obviously that's one thing that Glenn and I talk about a, a fair bit on this podcast is if, you know, I mean, trying to encourage Australians to seek advice because we, you see the statistics and there's so many people that don't seek advice that perhaps should. So obviously, you know, in that video, you would talk about that. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you'd also encourage people to, you did mention, speak to you or, or seek advice would be a, a good move, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, post Royal Commission, the entire industry gets tarred with the same brush. It's that you know the the small handful of people doing the wrong thing have, have made us all sort of get impacted by that. Uh, I guess another part of the reason why I'm doing these videos is to show people that that's not what true advice is about, and that's not what financial advisors are out there to do. So, yeah, look, I think that you know nobody can lose by seeing a financial advisor because there's so many different ways to provide advice, and you know even if you felt like you were completely on top of your affairs, but you still wanted to get an, an unbiased professional opinion to make sure that you're doing all the right things. You know, paying someone a small amount of money to get confirmation that you're on the right track is also very empowering as well. So, you, you know, no one ever lost by seeking good advice. And I think that's Definitely. where, you know, I think in relation to seeking advice, people are probably intimidated by it. And yeah, I, I really think that it's dependent on the, the stage of life they're at isn't it i mean early early stage if you're just starting out work you know it, it's probably as we've been talking about before it, it's probably those simple things isn't it like have a budget don't spend money you don't have save for your short-term goals with, with a mind on the with a view on the long term and so just having strategies in place that can help you achieve your financial objectives um but then obviously as your situation changes as it becomes more sophisticated, you know, you've got superannuation, you're earning an income, maybe you've got dependents. I, I think, yeah, definitely you want to have a, a professional looking at it and saying, well, have you thought about this? You need this level of insurance. You know, this superannuation fund's not the right mix for you. Um, mm. so it's really addressing your situation as it evolves, isn't it? Because as you do get older, your situation can become a lot more sophisticated when you take out debt to buy a house, mm. you family, you need insurance, you've got, multiple superannuation funds. So it becomes more and more important as you get older, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's a whole, you don't know what you don't know scenario as well. I mean, you know, we, we only know what we know from the you know, ongoing studies and everything that we've done and the experience that we've gathered. But, you know, people out there, they, they won't know. I mean, I, you know, speaking to the sort of, don't, you know, the younger generation, a friend of mine who is a, a recent father, uh, he was basically, you know, I was, I was asking if he had his, you know, estate planning affairs in order, uh, you know, nothing that we specifically do ourselves, but it's, you know, that we know about it. And he thought, why on earth would I even need it? I've basically got nothing, but you know, he's got, you know, life insurance in his superannuation and, and, you know, God forbid if something happened to him, what happens to that? Should a, a one-year-old get hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of life insurance deposited into a bank account? Uh, you know, th these are the sorts of things that you've got to think about as well. So there's just so many areas that a financial advisor can help you with. And, and really, I guess I see the financial advisor as the nexus in, in it all. You know, we, we have all these relationships with great operators in so many different areas that even if, you know, a, an ongoing relationship with a financial advisor isn't right for someone at that time, 
we can still help by linking them up with all the people that they need to improve other areas of their life as well. And it's never too early, is it? I mean, as you were saying, it may not necessarily be getting in place, you know, complex strategies and things like that, but it may just be meeting with someone who can go over that financial checklist, super budgeting, insurance, mm. estate planning, and then connect you with the right people. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the key, the key message that we always say is if there's any if there's any doubt, just just ask questions, seek advice. There's so many there's so many you know good advisors out there. I know there might be a couple of bad ones, but there's a lot of good ones, and um, and they all have different kind of business service offerings that that might be right for the specific needs of you know whatever you whatever you want advice on. So exactly. Um, Pierce, was um, just on the. I mean, we've covered off on a couple of, I guess, the important financial concepts. I mean, I think budgeting kind of come up. Glenn, you kind of mentioned a couple of things in conversation as well. But I guess, Pierce, from your perspective, are there any other kind of, you know, key, um, you know, financial principles that 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 you like to to speak about? Yeah, yeah. Look, there, there are. There's a couple. I mean, well, what, one one thing I'll just sort of uh, finish off on uh, as well is. The, the point of, you know, Glenn, Glenn mentioned it earlier, it's never too early. I also just want to harp on the fact that it's never too late either. Uh, you know, financial literacy as a whole uh, is often passed down generation to generation. And until one of those generations can learn these basic fundamentals, then it'll never get passed on. So, you know, we do a lot of help work, work with helping, uh, you know, the, the next generation of our clients understand these sorts of concepts so that they're better set for the future. So it's never too late to seek this information either, regardless of your age or your life stage. Uh, but then, yeah, look, one of the, the major uh, pieces that I always sort of touch on when I do get into sort of more in-depth conversations, because obviously these sort of two to three minute sound bites, there's only so much I can cover off on in that sort of time. It always has to come back to goals. So there, there's a million and one ways to invest and, and there's ways that you can structure your affairs, but it always has to mean something and it's got to be purposeful what you're doing. So it's always a really good idea to set some goals. And, and once again, if the idea of goal setting is daunting, you can always you know, talk to us and we can help out with that. But I'd always encourage people to not just be you know, super sensible with your goals because, you know, when, when we sit down to do these things, you, you know, you can go through it and, and do all the right things and, you know, it, it might not be very fun. So I always recommend mixing in some fun goals there. So, you know, while, you know, goals of my own are things like, you know, buy a house and start a family, like all, all those sorts of um, standard goals, I think a lot of people would share. You've got to throw the holidays in there. You've got to throw the, you know, new TV. I'm a, I'm a huge tech nut. So I'm really excited to, you know, save the money for the new TV. So if you mix some entertaining, fun goals in there as well, it's a way easier exercise. And I think being specific about your goals as well, so that when you achieve them, you get that sense of satisfaction. I mean, I was chatting to someone the other day and we're trying to talk about goals and it's just, the goal was almost, oh, just to have as much money as possible. And it's like, mm -hmm. well... Is that a meaningful goal, and and how are you ever going to get there? Like, mm, you know, like absolutely. It's, it's always like when you're younger and you first start working, you you think, oh, only if I earned that little bit more, you know, only if I had that little bit more. Um, and as you do, you're never quite satisfied because you the you know the goals always or the hurdles always getting higher and higher. I just think that if we're talking about retirement, oh, I just want to have enough money to to live off. Well, what does that mean to you? Like, what does what does financial independence mean to you? What will it provide you? What, what, what are the other things that are really important to you? Otherwise, if you just say, oh, I just want to have enough money to live off, 
you may never achieve it and you never get that sense of satisfaction. So I, I think that being specific is, is the way to go as well. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got to be clearly defined and, and realistic as well. And you don't want a goal that's sort of, you know, it, it hamstrings you to something because your goals and your strategies have to be fluid because our lives are changing all the time. So they have to be super realistic and, and definitely specific for sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's one other thing that uh, I might even sort of bounce this off, off the two of you to see what your thoughts are. But, you know, obviously the Money Mentors podcast, Simplifying Finance, it's all designed to help people, uh, you know, get, get better financial literacy and, and greater knowledge. I'm finding, especially at times like this, I mean, right now we're going through the whole, you know, the ebbs and flows of, you know, COVID-19 and, and all the impact that that's making. I am seeing experts coming out of the woodworks, uh, you know, people that have no background in finance, haven't done the studies, none of that, that somehow feel like they've got, you know, two cents to throw in there. And, you know, because they're friends and family, you know, at a, you know, the proverbial barbecue sort of thing. Uh, I see a lot of danger in people just following the, the random advice of their friends and family because they somehow think that they know better than, than a lot of other people. Um, do you guys see that? Views on the economy and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, stock picking that, you know, maybe they, they've seen one tiny, tiny you know, headline on, on Facebook or something like that and they think that they know all about it and, and all that. Do you guys see any of that? Or? Oh, I, th- I, think, I think everybody, you know, would see that. I mean throughout your friendship circles or people you're mixing with or just just online you know as you said there's so much content out there that that maybe they're offering advice you know like a stock tip or something like that and um i mean the 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 immediate thing that jumped jumped to me when you're saying that pierce is um make sure you're dealing with someone that's well qualified i mean it's not qualifications aren't everything but especially if you have any concerns or you don't you don't know the person um, you know, if you're acting on any any advice that you might be given, you'd want to make sure you know they've got some either qualifications or experience. Yeah, um, that's probably the, the thing that jumped out at me the most when you're talking about that. And, and I think also a key concept that I really subscribe to is information doesn't mean knowledge. So just because you've got all this information at your fingertips, which we all do now, you know, with news flows are so rapid, and there's so you can get information on anything on any topic anywhere instantly um, but just because you can get that information doesn't mean that you've got the knowledge to utilize that information and make the right decisions um, exactly mm. like noses everyone's got an opinion on on everything um, I, I think that it's more dangerous in the short term to make to have opinions on things like whether it's the economy um, because it's it's like the, the toss of a coin isn't it we where are markets going to go well an expert would say, I've got no idea in the short term, wouldn't they? Like someone Absolutely. who really knows their staff would be saying, we've got no idea what's going to happen in the next three to six months because uh, you know, if we, if we could go back a year, there was no one talking about the global economy shutting down. So mm. for people to go out there and just make six to 12 month predictions on what the economy or what markets are going to do, they're just having a guess. So they're, they're, just because they're you know, a perceived expert doesn't mean they're going to be right. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly right. And it yeah, link, links back to one of my more recent videos about market sentiment and the fact that, you know, that there's this whole idea that, you know, markets are efficient. So, you know, everyone's trading on the same information and, and whatnot, but we, we know that that's not the case. And really markets, especially through volatile times right now, 
it's purely led by people's emotions. People get scared or they get confident and that drives markets either up or down. And, you know, once again, it's basically saying, if you knew what markets we were going to do, you're basically saying that you know what all of the people out there in the investment world are going to do, which, you know, that, that's like reading people. It's a very, very difficult task to do. You can't beat the market. I mean, I think it's uh, Benjamin Graham, the mentor to Warren Buffett, who said you can't beat Mr. Market. I mean, you just, if you think that you're going to be ahead of the market in any point, you're sort of, you're kidding yourself, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly right. Oh, the US election's coming up. I'm going to sit back and wait. <laughs> you're going to miss out because we, we, we saw it a few years ago with, Trump versus Clinton. I mean, when when he was winning, the market was falling, and the next day it went up. So you just exactly, it's impossible to predict. It is, isn't it? Exactly right. Are, are there any other sort of key points you wanted to before we sort of wrap things up? Any key messages or anything anything that you think people should really be focusing on in the current, perhaps in the current environment where you know a lot of people might be on JobKeeper, their businesses may have been shut down, um, that they may. They may be um, having having to defer loan repayments. What, what are some sort of key messages that you would like to deliver in the current environment, Piers? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, yeah, obviously it's it's very you know tough for a lot of people out there at the moment, and and yeah, I feel incredibly grateful that we're able to continue working and everything. So our thoughts are definitely out there. Uh, you know, the main message would be oh, the, the couple of main messages. The first one would be all of the assistance packages and everything that's been set up it's all there for a reason. So, you know, people keep saying, oh, should, should we or shouldn't we use them? You know, isn't it just going to hurt the economy? They're all there for a purpose. So if you need the help, put your hand out and get the help because it's what it's there for. The second would be, yes, while, while this current scenario, that the virus, the pandemic, what we're going through is incredibly unique, things are always going to happen. Every once in a while, you know, call it seven to 10 years, if we look historically, something is going to happen but basic financial principles and and financial literacy will never ever change these things will always be there and the the sooner you can get a grasp on them the next time a pandemic happens the better you're going to weather that storm because you got more information you're making better decisions for your own finances so yeah these things are great to know right now and great to learn right now but they will last forever so getting a good grasp on basic knowledge is only going to help. Any thoughts from you, Nate, before we wrap up? Uh, I'll piss. I was just going to, on a changing tune slightly before we kind of look to the wrap up, I was just going to ask what are you, uh, apart from being a finance guru, what else interests you? Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit of a, a footy nut as well. So huge, huge Western Bulldogs fan. Uh, so the fact that uh, my wife is a Saints supporter and we're going to the finals against them this weekend is um, quite stressful right now. Uh, but I'm also uh, an avid cook as well. I really, really enjoy, um, I guess, being able to get creative in, in the kitchen as well. So one of my sort of ISO projects is putting together a bit of a recipe book of, um, of yeah, recipes that are household favourites and, and, you know, ones that Nanny used to cook for us and all those sorts of things as well. So, yeah, really love being able to get creative in the kitchen too. Mm. Are, the, are the Bulldogs going to win this week, Pierce? You're on, you're on record here. So Absolutely what do you think? they are. Absolutely <laughs> they are. <laughs> I'm uh, not afraid. <laughs> just just be, um to close, Pierce, where, where can people find you? Obviously, you mentioned LinkedIn, that they just search your name. What about the uh, YouTube channel? Just Google. 
Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, the YouTube channel. So if you just search for uh, Simplifying Finance on YouTube uh, or on, on Instagram, my handle is at simplifying.finance. So that's the other Instagram. And, and, and once again, of course, yeah, searching Piers Hanlon on LinkedIn, uh, always keen to, to spread the message as far as possible. So whatever platform you're on, uh, I'm hoping to be able to continue delivering content and uh, reach out with any questions, of course. Mm. Fantastic, Piers. Look, thanks for joining the Money Mentors today. Some great messages and I'm, and I'm sure you're... Uh, your number of views will go through the roof after uh, this episode. So thanks again, mate. And to all our listeners, thanks for listening and we'll uh, see you all again next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, If you enjoy the the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good podcasting app. Um, Once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.